Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, June 30th. To develop concentration, do one thing at a time and do it well. Now, absolutely the last thing that people talk about right now is doing one thing at a time. In fact, this concept called multitasking has actually become a value. Swami Kriyananda's attitude toward multitasking was about as big a thumbs down as I have ever seen him do. And I'll, I'll start this way. Swamiji was a a man who had great abilities in, in many different disciplines. He was a musician, he was a writer, he was a singer, um, he was a, a, an administrator, he was a community leader, he was a counselor, he could lecture beautifully, he was a linguist. There's lots of different things that go. He could actually was a reasonably good designer, architect, and he didn't do that much of that, but he did a little bit, he even did a little bit of painting. He said most people who are multi-talented in, across creative fields like he was don't really accomplish that much in any of their fields. Not, it's not always true, but it's often true because their, their energy is constantly being divided. They do a little of this and a little of that and a little of this. Swamiji said the secret of his enormous creative output in, across many disciplines he, read, he wrote over 400 pieces of music. He wrote 150 books. Not every book was long, but nonetheless, 150 distinct different books and founded communities, gave thousands of lectures. I could go on and on. He said because whenever he was concentrating on one thing, he not only did not divide his concentration by working simultaneously on something else, he completely forgot, he completely put out of his mind that there was any other reality. For example, when he was writing music, he said when he was writing music, he couldn't even imagine how he could write books because all of the inspiration and energy that came through him came through his melody. And, and, when, and I know from the little bit of creative work that I've done, you know, most creative work is days and days, even months or even years, but certainly days and weeks. Of, of your building on the vibration that you're working on. When I wrote um, the last book that I published, which was really the most important one, it's called Light Bearer, and it's a, uh, the story of 45 years of close association with Swami Kriyananda. I wrote it in seclusion in, in, in month-long periods or several months at some times. I went into complete isolation. I was fortunate to find a place without even having internet, which was a great uh, boon to my concentration. But I, I mean, if I had had to <clears throat> interrupt it, it wasn't just I'll work for a few hours and then I'll do something else. It was really day after day getting very deeply in tune with what I was doing and having it work through my subconscious when I was asleep so that when I would wake up the next day I could go into it. And I, don't, I couldn't possibly have done it. I knew I couldn't. That's why I was in strict seclusion if, if my energy was diverted. Swamiji was capable of just concentrating like that. And so, and, and there's that other part of it that the inspiration that you feel, the, the inner feeling that you're coming out with, can come out in many forms. You can feel an inner inspiration and it turns into a painting. 
or a song, or a poem, or a book, or a, a dissertation, you know, or a building, or, or a prayer. It can come out in any different way, the fundamental feeling, but to, to manifest from the inner inspiration all the way out to a material manifestation, you have to concentrate and stay in tune with it. And words are very different than music, and painting is very different than dancing. They might all emanate from the same original inspiration, but to really be able to do it, you have to put full concentrated energy. One of my friends remarked when Swamiji was writing the oratorio he wrote, which is The Life of Christ in Music. It's a beautiful oratorio. He, he, He took a pilgrimage to Israel, and then he translated the inspiration he felt there into songs that went through the life of Christ, instrumental and um, words with songs with lyrics. And he took him several months to, to do all of that because it was a, an hour and a half concert piece, you know, with a, a continuous music all the way through. And during that time, my friend said every so often he would just need a break and he would invite friends over, for example, just to have dinner. And she said during that period of time, she felt <clears throat> when he would speak, when she would speak to him, she felt that he had to translate what she said into melody before he could understand it. That he was so far outside of words that he, he, he said, she said he felt like he was looking at her to try to determine what key she was. Are you a B flat? You know, or are you speaking to me in D minor? <laughs> Whatever it might be, he would translate it into music and then he would understand it then he would have to go in reverse before he could get his words out because he was so deeply into that. Then he says when he's writing a book, he just he can't remember where melody comes from because he's concentrating completely on what he's doing and then 100% of your potential is directed toward that. That's how things are really accomplished. I mean, I myself, I mean, we all know this, and of course these days I'm by no means am I beyond listening to a podcast, for example, just some kind of a, an audio like this, while I do my housework, while I do some sewing, while I iron my clothes, while I'm cooking. Um, I, and, and actually, in that context, I feel like the task I'm doing takes very little concentration and the inspiration is worth it. So, but that's still multitasking. But I can always tell if I'm talking to someone on the phone and they start doing something else. And... Sometimes, I myself have been guilty of that if there's no visual, but I really try hard not to do that because I can always feel when somebody's energy has dropped away from me. And then, you know, it's like, why are we talking if we're not really going to talk? It's, you know, it's, it's something. But, but more than that, you see what it does is that we, we, we lose the ability to concentrate deeply because we get a little restless and we start doing four things at once, and all of them are getting just a little bit of our energy. Now, I do make a distinction between mundane tasks. You know, just mundane tasks, sometimes cooking is mundane, sometimes it's creative. Ironing is mundane, sometimes sewing repair is mundane, washing the floor can be mundane, and then I could occupy my mind with something more uplifting. I don't, I don't feel that that's a division of concentration. I actually concentrate better on the mundane task if I'm not so bored. But concentrating deeply on what you're doing and to do it well, because what keeps us from doing things well is always a limitation, well, almost always, a limitation on our own character. 
I mean, we may be trying to do something for which we have no ability, but we, but we certainly, to express to the best of our ability, and doing it well may simply mean to do it as well as I can do it. It doesn't have to be the best in the world because very few are the best in the world. But what keeps us from doing things well is our own lack of ability to concentrate primarily that we get distracted by fear of failure, we get distracted by thinking about what other people are going to say about what we're doing, we get distracted by worrying about whatever we happen to be worrying about, which is the mind wanders. I'm here, I'm supposed to be writing this, you know, this music, I'm supposed to be writing this poem, I'm supposed to be writing this letter, I'm supposed to be cooking dinner, and I forget what I'm doing. I lose track of what I'm doing and the onions burn and the toast gets charred in the, in the toaster oven because I'm not concentrating. My mind is in a whole lot of other places. Why am I not concentrating? Usually because I do not have mastery over my own awareness. Why is it that I didn't notice that huge typographical error in the middle of the poster that I just printed? You know, why did I sew the seam backwards? Why did I put the fabric in the wrong place? Why did I cut the pattern out incorrectly because I wasn't paying attention. Why wasn't I paying attention? Well, because I'm not in the habit of putting out as much energy as is needed, but because while I was doing it, I was having a discussion with somebody who's not in the room, saying all the things to them that I wished I had said when I was talking to them before, but I couldn't remember. Or I'm terrified that I'm going to make a mistake, and how is this going to come out, and this fabric is so expensive, and what am I going to do? But when we concentrate, not only are we less likely to make mistakes, but concentration itself, one-pointed focus itself, puts us in tune with a higher reality. And, and whenever we're in tune with a higher reality, we get into an intuitive flow. And any time one has really had that experience, whether it's a creative task or a mundane task, when you're really in tune with the flow of energy, this is what the athletes talk about. You know, nowadays there's so much emphasis on, on athletes being so important to the world and so on, and many of them are extraordinary examples of the ability to concentrate. And they'll talk about what the, I, I believe the phrase is being in the zone. And you know, in you know, some championship team can be with thousands of screaming fans and all the players, you know, every player just pushing as best they can, but the the player is totally concentrated, and none of that is happening. He just sees the route, he runs, or whatever it is he's supposed to do, or watches the ball, whatever it might be, and he just there's nothing else happening. Literally, he's concentrating so deeply on the task at hand that all other realities just move to the background. Now, this is how we really ought to be about everything that we do, because that's where excellence comes from. But excellence of character is what we're really trying to build. And excellence of character comes from the ability to concentrate. Because when we can concentrate, that means we have mastery. We have mastery over all these warring citizens within us. And self-mastery is the key to happiness. Because a great deal of what we suffer is not really what happens to us, but how our reaction to what happens to us spins out of our capability to direct or control it in a helpful direction. I'm not talking about suppression. I'm just talking about being able to respond to life 
with concentrated, focused energy. Okay, we have an emergency. Someone in the house is sick. Now what are we going to do? How are we going to solve it? We have an emergency. The primary breadwinner in the house has now lost his job. Okay, what are we going to do about it? When our own um, ability to concentrate on the task at hand has been completely diluted by constant multitasking, where we never really have to pull our restless energy to a focus, when it is really needed, we're still not able to do it. And then even when we're concentrating, we have to continually put out a strong flow of energy. I've, I've gradually learned. It's actually, it's very ironic, and I will mention this here. I didn't record this book from January 1st to Jan- December 31st because we've released this podcast in the middle of the year. So I actually started recording on July 1st. So now here I am, it's June 30th. And somewhere when I took on this project, I'll use the phrase, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And only gradually did I figure out that if there is an aphorism for every day of the year, including leap year, that's going to be 366 of these recordings. And, you know, somewhere about 60 into them, I thought, what could I have been thinking? <laughs> and, however, I have un- come to understand that the patient application of willpower, just concentrating on the task at hand with the patient application of willpower, brings the result. So here I am, about three minutes away from having recorded 366 of these aphorisms. Totally enjoyed it. In fact, I loved it. I, I mean, I knew this was a good book. I really knew this was a good book. But I had no idea how, how good this book has been. But I've, I have used, because Swamiji trained me well over many years, I realized that anything can be done if you concentrate on getting it done. And what really confuses us is when we don't concentrate. You spend, you know, hours, half doing something, and it never gets done. Or you you half pay attention to it and you don't do it well. And, you know, you may get by with it, but in your own heart and in your own spirit, a profound opportunity has been missed. So life is an opportunity for us to grow and grow closer to the divine. Let's not waste it. Swamiji says, to develop concentration, do one thing at a time and do it well. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.